Um, I kind of gave you the spiel earlier about how we are uh, contracted with the county um, to create update the hazard mitigation plan. Um, update is sort of a misnomer. It's actually really just starting from scratch and building back up. But we do like to build upon um, some of the work that's been done already, not reinvent the wheel. One of the things that um, I mentioned earlier is that we are, um, it is a requirement that we have three meetings. Those are the workshops, and then followed by that, we do have public meetings as well. So that's what we're here for. This is touchscreen, so I may mess it up here and there. That's true. <laughs> Sometimes I get a little too aggressive with it, so. Money will spent on this. <laughs> Fancy. Um, so there are four stages. There are four stages, no problem. Uh, to the disaster life cycle, we start with uh, preparing for an event. Um, what do we do to um, what do we do to prepare for the event response? What do we do during and in the immediate aftermath? Uh, recovery. How do we get back to those pre-disaster conditions? And then, of course, mitigation is what actions can we take to minimize, um, if not remove, the um, threat. Nope. Okay. I knew I was going to go too fast. Sorry about that. Okay. Um, so we all have pretty much common goals and objectives when it comes to um, hazard mitigation. We want to make sure that we're protecting people and property. That's first and foremost. Um, we want to make sure that we're being proactive, thinking long-term, as well as what our needs are in immediate, um, immediately. And we want to make sure that we're being fiscally responsible. We also um, are really driven by making sure that the public is participating, uh, local stakeholders, hospitals, ISCs, um, water conservation groups, so on and so forth. Um, and then, of course, Ultimately, is we want to get that approvable plan with those actions in there that set us up for grant funding. And because this is a small group, you are welcome to ask any questions you have as it goes. Tell me to slow down, tell me to wrap it up, let me know. So we kind of touched on this already as well. We're in phase one, getting the team together. Next, um, we are going to look at the risks and the capabilities. Um, we use a NOAA-approved website, or excuse me, FEMA-approved website under the umbrella of NOAA. Um, it's called National Center for Environmental Information, and it provides us some really valuable um, natural hazard data. We also use um, data from the from A&M uh, wildfire data. Um, phase three, we develop the actual mitigation strategies. I always refer to that as the meat and potatoes plan. Um, that's what's going to get us, um, set us up for the grants. And then phase four is where we pass the ball. And that's where it gets adopted and implemented. So as I mentioned, we're in phase one. Um, we met this morning, or this afternoon, earlier this afternoon, um, with um, members of uh, Bay County, Car Carmine Ellinger, um, Fayetteville, Plutonia, LaGrange, Roundtop, Schulenburg, and then the ISDs, Fayetteville, Plutonia, LaGrange, Roundtop, Carmine, and Schulenburg. Um, Let me go back again because you said who's speaking for the unincorporated areas is basically the fire department and Brosman <coughs> or the commissioner. 
Um, so speaking for the, the county is contract this, so it'll be, it goes through the, all the county offices uh, are our stakeholders in this. So emergency management, the judge's office, the, I the hear uh, commissioner's you. offices. I'm being specific though. Okay. Judge Weber has no clue what I might need in my high hill area. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I have to look at local people. You got people from ISDs and you got people from the city. Okay. Judge Weber knows what's going on where he lives mm -hmm. and where he drives around to, which is not in my area. I almost bet you on. Okay. So I go back to you met with the key stakeholders. We're looking at, in my area, Brosman mm -hmm. and the fire department. May I ask you <clears throat> what concerns you have specifically? No. I mean, you can ask, but I can't tell you specifically. Gotcha. Okay. okay. I just want to know that there's going to be somebody looking at Appro ours. Appropriate representation. Okay, so like 2672 is um, state. Okay. Okay. 3171 is state, which is what she lives off of, which is different. She lives at High Hill area. She's I in Swiss Alps. Swiss Alps area. Okay. So there may be, so I'm trying to remember, I mean, when it rains, I sit on a hill, so you know, I don't pay much attention. Right. But. Um, Unless you're trying to get out. If I'm trying to get out, okay. yes. Okay. So that's what my concern. Gotcha. That, you know, fires. Mm -hmm. forest, not forest fires, but fires with the brush. Right. That might be something that I would like to say, hey, this brush along this route needs to be minimized. Yeah, fuel mitigation is a big deal. Um, we are talking Texas Forest Service as well as uh, folks in our area. And I understand that, but I'm just saying, there's no money right. to really talk about our area. Well, so your commissioner's been invited to this? I understand that. Okay. I understand that. Okay. I can tell you from the wildfire, um, point of view. I do know that what we use um, is GIS data. It'll create a map representing um, not only the obvious location of where um, something were to occur, um, but also uh, what type it was. Was it, you know, did, was it a kid? Was it was a brush? Um, anything like that. So we have data that is not really person-to-person -person data. It's Ours is just tractor. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead. No, you're fine. This is what okay. I'm Is there anybody specifically you would like us to have? I'll, I'll, no, I'll I, I'm, just, I, I'm in the beginning throes of, of okay. this kind of thing. If you tell me, you know, Bob the farmer knows that area better than anybody else, Bob will be on my list. We'll, right. we'll okay. So, I'll think about yeah, that. Sure. Um, okay, so. As long as they're nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we're kind of touched on this as well. Follow the FEMA group plan. Um, everybody participating can directly apply. However, if you live in the area, you're still covered. Okay, uh, phase two is the assessment. This is where you actually really get to see what kind of um, risk is in your area. Um, and it's got a lot of really interesting historical information. Um, so first we wanna do uh, we're doing a capability assessment. We want to kind of see like what ordinances, regulations are out there. Are there mutual aid agreements? Are you part of the National Flood Insurance Program? Um, do you have um, capital improvement plans? Just all, all these different things. We want to kind of assess 
what's going on in the area, are we going to be able to align our goals and objectives in this plan with what's already in place, um, and furthermore, are the goals and objectives we want to put in there um, going to be able to be implemented because of regulations, ordinances, and so on. Okay, so the way that we do the risk analysis is first, of course, we identify the natural hazards. We create a profile for them, giving them a description of each one. Um, Fayette County has come up with 12 natural hazards that they want profiled, so we'll look at that next. So we do the description, we look at the historical occurrences, which um, depending on the actual um, hazard, it could be different time periods that we're looking at. Some hazards have really robust data going back into the 40s. Some only has really robust data going back maybe 25 years. So we do it by that because we want to get the most accurate vulnerability and probability information. Um, and then extent, well, not everything has a such and such extent, really. Um, we know hail has extent, it's got diameter. We know wildfire and flood has a, an extent to where they are, but um, we've got the Fujita scale for tornado, but some other things, you know, um, it's a little harder to pinpoint extent for some of these. Um, probability of future occurrences, the impact, and then the vulnerability. So the vulnerability, um, we want to look at both um, what is at stake, buildings, critical infrastructure, but really who is at stake as well. Um, we know that in the cases of extreme heat or um, winter storm, there are vulnerable populations that are more at risk than, um, than others. So, the 12th hazard we're assessing, dam and levee failure, drought, earthquake, extreme heat, flood, hail, lightning, thunderstorm wind, tornado, wildfire, winter storm, and expansive soils. I'm gonna take a moment right now. Question that did not get answered earlier, and I know everybody wants to know, what the heck is an expansive soil? Yeah. <laughs> so we all know that there's um, heating and cooling that goes on constantly in Texas, especially we know that one day it can be 85, the next day it can be 25. Um, but that constant heating and cooling of the ground creates um, some shifting because things are expanding and contracting all the time. So when we have this constant expansion and contraction can shift the ground, um, causing issues with um, buildings. It's a weird <coughs> buildings, roads, infrastructure in general. Yes. So um, the way that we look at the probabilities, we take the historical event accounts and we divide that by the time period that we've looked at. Like I said, some issue in some instances is going to be 25 years, in some instances it could be 75 years. Um, and then the average annualized loss, we look at the historical loss of amount, and then do the same divided by time period. So that historical loss amount is going to include both um, property losses and crop losses. So phase three, like I said, that's um, that's really the, the main portion of this. Um, we're gonna kind of take everything we've learned so far, see what's really needed, um, and then because FEMA is FEMA, they made it a little complex complicated, but we, we roll with it. Um, so there are four different types of categories. 
or excuse me, four different types of actions that are categorized. We've got local plans and regulations, structure and infrastructure projects, natural resource protection, and um, education and awareness um, programs. So, and then what they, what they want you to do is do two actions per hazard of two different types. This is for us to know. What we really want from the team are the projects. We will make an approvable plan. And that's what I want to tell everybody. <laughs> Don't jump through hoops, racking your brain for two actions per hazard. That's our job. We'll, we'll fill in all the blanks. We just really want to know what would benefit this community. So sample mitigation projects. Um, acquisition, demolition, and elevation of flood prone structures, community um, and individual storm shelter programs. That's a huge one. It's also a great one to add to um, any new structure, especially like in um, school. Do, do we have shelters? Mm -hmm. The Red Cross has. I mean, the Red Cross has named or gone around mm -hmm. and has certain churches oh. and. We would have uh, three shelter shrambles. Very robust. And at some point, this will be all publicized to the public, so someone like me would know. So, the act, the plan itself, some portions of it will be redacted when it's made public, but other portions, yes, you can get in there and take a look at it. Absolutely. Small-scale structural projects like channels, culverts, retention, detention. Um, retrofitting facilities, generators. This is a great one, and of course, we all learned our lesson with Winter Storm Yuri. Um, generators for critical facilities is absolutely, it's a lifeline, it's absolutely necessary. Um, and FEMA has finally decided that it is a worthwhile investment. So, <laughs> yes. Uh, and then there's limited funding that's available for initiative projects such as public awareness, alert, and warning systems. And then lastly, um, we do the first three steps. We write the plan, we send it to the team for review, they take it, gets to FEMA, FEMA approves it. What's next is the implementation. So that's where we want to make sure that the county and participating jurisdictions, in this case ISDs um, as well, implement, monitor, and, and uh, progress and maintain. So that can mean a couple different things. It can mean, um, one, if they get together on a regular basis, they, they can uh, come up with amended projects as well. Um, it also means that we stay on top of things and we know that, okay, the plan's going to end soon. We need to get on top of that. And, and that's part of what we do is we want to make sure that, one, grants are being applied for. <laughs> <laughs> um, two, the people are getting together and making sure that the plan that they have in place is still appropriate um, and makes sense for, for the region. And that three, that we keep an updated plan at all times. So, we talked about grants. Here are some of the grants that we're looking at. Um, so, the HMA, which is Housing Mitigation Assistant Grants, are available with FEMA. And of course, you have to have. Has a mitigation plan. 
Um, so we've got the HMGP has a mitigation grant program. This is triggered by a presidential disaster of a major um, natural disaster with an estimated 15% set aside. This is only in the state of Texas with jurisdictions having, um, in, impacted jurisdictions having the priority. Next we have building resilient infrastructure and communities, BRIC. This was supposed to be an awesome program, but the state of Texas does not have the building codes required to be eligible. We're kind of knocked out of the running every year. So it would work really, really well if there were some fine-tuning of the program for the state of Texas. California is maybe not located though. Um, flood, flood mitigation assistance, uh, as the name suggests, it is for flood mitigation. Um, that's an annual grant and that's funded through congressional appropriations, so depending on the politics of the day, could be fantastic, it could be meh. Um, and then lastly is a high hazard potential dam grant, HHPD. Um, so TCEQ has designated different dams uh, as high hazard. And those are not necessarily ones that are crumbling or anything like that. It's simply when you look at what's at stake, were it to breach over top, what have you, that is it's imminent death, are we looking at massive catastrophic, you know, issues? We have dams in our area. Yes. Yeah. We have a, a significant amount. I think it really? I get an annual uh, report of of the ones that are high, medium, low hazard every year. And they every year there seems to be a little more on the high hazard one. So you would also be really surprised at what constitutes a dam. Uh -huh. yeah, you have an elected board that manages those dams. Most people aren't aware of. Nope. So um. The damn board. <laughs> that damn board. I do not appreciate that. <laughs> so, like we had discussed earlier as well, we've, we do have a survey. That survey does get read. I read it. The results get put into an appendix in the plan. Um, you'll have a copy of it. It is an important portion of the plan. We highly encourage. Um, you just send it to your friends, family, enemies, make them fill it out. Um, so why did we get hired? What's, what's the point here? Um, well, we provide the technical assistance, we do the planning guidance, we make sure that we're staying in compliance with regulations, state, both state and federal. Um, we, of course, are here doing the workshop um, and the public meeting in this great space, which we appreciate being, having access to. Um, we do the data collection analysis, we create risk assessment for you, capability assessment, and then we come back and we report the findings. It's also, of course, um, going to be put into the uh, body of the plan. And then we prepare and draft that final hazard mitigation action plan. So we just ask that the planning team stay awake during the meetings, that they provide as much data as possible, both GIS and um, their own knowledge of the area, um, conduct outreach, post information, um, and then just be active members in creating those hazard uh, mitigation plans. And then ultimately review, give us feedback, and um, then 
actually adopt the plan once it's all put together. There we go. So our timeline, here we are at the uh, kickoff meeting. Next we'll be back in December, we kind of covered this earlier, but <laughs> um, doing the risk assessment and public meeting. Back in February, doing the mitigation strategy and public meeting, we will submit the draft to the planning team in April, and then in May, we will submit to TM. Okay, so here's our information. We are always available, well, maybe not always, but we are available for questions, comments, snide remarks. We, um, we like the engagement with people, so please reach out if you have questions, and I know that you specifically have questions about your own representation in, in the county, and I can appreciate that. I grew up in an unincorporated area in Austin, outside of Austin, and we really didn't get much of much of anything. <laughs> so I get it. It's a, and, and that's Fayette County. The cities get everything. They talk about the grants. They talk about maybe Schulberg. Uh, they talk about Ellinger right now. It's a big thing, okay? But right. they don't really talk about the county. I read the you know commissioner's report, but you know. So, so okay. are there any specific problems and or projects that that we can we can be looking at and make sure they don't get missed? Probably the biggest thing I can think of is the low road areas. Low water crossings are um, already. Yes. Um, in fact, I. Already submitted one um, request for funding for that. It didn't, didn't work, but not that they're also that going to be covered under. I'm assuming that Lower Colorado uh, flood no flood plan will have that as well. Um, so the state was divided into 15 different flood regional flood areas, um, river areas, and um, Lower Colorado being one of them, and um, one of their main things that they're concentrating on is putting into action upgrading a lot of low water crossings. So. Well, I mean, the first thing that I would say specifically, which is, our, I'm sure, at the top of the list, is oh, thank you, is the flooding that occurred in Lagrange outside of Lagrange. That makes all the sense in the world mm -hmm. along the river. Okay. Um, Again, I haven't traveled outside when we've gotten 10 or 15 inches of rain. I don't think you have Okay, yeah, I noticed you have a nice big truck. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, it's something I'm going to have to think about. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess my biggest concern is, is the same concern I've had over everything is we talk about LaGrange, we talk about Schoenberg, we talk about Fortonia. But and we round don't, top. And round top, yeah. You all know, that mitigation of the traffic, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, because it brings a lot of money into the county. Mm -hmm. But they don't talk about other areas. Yeah, but uh, uh, now we going to have to say that people are interested. You see how many of the public's mm -hmm. here? I mean, they may have concerns, but they're going to complain about. And they're going to complain, you know, but so. to go with that is, we don't publicize very well. Yeah, we put it something in the paper. Might be a little something, okay? 
But there's nothing focused on the people. How can we, how can we do that better? Yes. Email would be a good one for the young ones. If you have a list of any of them, mm -hmm. okay. Uh, <coughs> you typically put it on the radio, I believe. You put everything on the radio. Um, social media. Social right. media. And we do utilize social media here and there um, to do this. We ask uh, participating jurisdictions in the ISDs in the county to do that on theirs. And they do that to all the kids' parents that go to the school. We have a lot of elderly people here. Right. They don't use email. Okay. I can tell you something I've done recently, so a pretty good response. I've got a, a mailing list of churches. Mm -hmm. And I, 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 all I have to do is type churches in, it drops them all in. That was my okay, We got messages pretty quick. I've got another one for community leaders. I've got one for the fire chiefs. And uh, I've got one for the press. And so, like today, I sent out the weather bulletin to all four of those groups. It went out to several hundred folks, and I got one response back. So even with that, you know, you don't always. No, and I understand but, that. Yeah, but, but it, it's, there's a. Um, churches is a good way to yeah, get churches information is, out. Yeah, and, and when we needed things, you know, in, in a hurry, uh, mm -hmm. when there was big problems uh, for COVID or for a disaster or the freeze, the churches are who have, have done the best in this county. They're, mm -hmm. They're a rallying point, they're a shelter, mm -hmm. they're a, they've got the volunteers, they've got the, the experience. They, they've been my, probably my best uh, asset to, to get things done. Yeah, one of the things I was mentioning earlier is we, wanted, we were gathering critical infrastructure um, locations and um, names for mm -hmm. various regions. And uh, I said, you know, you can put whatever you want if you doesn't decide what critical infrastructure is. And they said one of the, one of the Places I looked at, um, one of our cities we've done before had the First Baptist Church as critical infrastructure because they acted mm -hmm. as that rallying point mm -hmm. during an, an immediate aftermath of an event and as a uh, yeah. our, our primary human shelter is a church in, in the range that's our first uh, one of those out. What I want to do going forward is have the is have community shelters that people could literally walk to. And coincidentally, this area was set up very well that there's basically a church that someone can walk to everywhere in the county. That's how it was established before cars existed. Right. Not every community has that, but ours right. does. Uh, and so some of the things we do, we've sent, sent Marty's to the churches that wanted waters, the churches that wanted, and kind of give some of that information. And, and that's that's a, a big, especially for times like the, like the freeze, people shouldn't be on the roads, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and that's that was a dangerous, dangerous time. And yes. we kind of went back and forth. Do we open these warming shelters or do we, because to open a warming shelter means people are going to be on the road, and mm -hmm. and um, and the and you don't want the elderly on the road. No, no, you, you don't want the twenty-five year olds on the well, road. Well, that's situation. true, but yeah, yeah. I'm just kind of concerned about the elderly mm -hmm. right. getting information. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, because our county still has more elderly than the state of Texas. So uh, on average, uh, the the mean age in Fayette County is 17 years older than the mean uh, yeah. in Texas, and that's huge. That's yeah. a big, big, big. We're one of the oldest counties mm -hmm. in Texas. Mm -hmm. We're also the seventh richest per capita uh, county in Texas. There's this huge gap between the haves and the have nots. Yes. You know, yeah. there's a, that won't last long because they're going to get oil. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but okay, because. Getting the information out. Mm -hmm. Had she not sent me the survey, I 
I don't know a thing. I'm on social media all the time. So you can blame me. <laughs> yeah, you can blame her. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I would imagine that you all appreciate the questions. 100%. Absolutely. Versus just sitting here. No, that's what we're here for. No, no. And, you know, to be perfectly honest, I'm, and I've said this several times now, I'm from Austin. I can tell you exactly what's going on in my neighborhood mm -hmm. that needs mitigated, but I can't tell you. So we really do rely on people like you doing what you're doing. So we appreciate it. And I think it's really something to do. Otherwise, they'd have to stare at me for the next 30 minutes. And he heard it earlier. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so I, far, we spoke to 54 stakeholder groups, and we plan on uh, speaking to more as well. Literally, anyone who's got some input to give, we want to do it, and um, and it's it's um, it's very very valuable for us to get that. And if there's a, a community association or a the Winchester Civic Association, is very very uh, active, and I've gone up there and spoken to them several times about different things going on. And what about the farm bureaus? Farm bureaus, um, yeah. Well, just the range, but I mean the little mm -hmm. ones. Like you have one out at Swiss Out. They meet monthly. I know some of them only meet quarterly, mm -hmm. but they have them in the small little areas. I haven't met uh, with Swiss Out one uh, yet, but I mean, uh -huh. I would love to. Veteran one. organizations? I'm sorry? Veteran organizations? Yeah, I've spoken to veteran organizations. Uh, they're out to uh, Shelby, uh, went to Schulberg, and I went to uh, Round Top. One more. Are you talking to just officers, or are you talking to everybody in the organization that comes to the meeting? Well, all six people come to the meetings. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, truthfully, what's the best place to find those folks is at the parades. They're all out there. We'll walk around and kind of catch up. And you know, these informal events are are great. That's when people really show up to things. Mm -hmm. and, uh, that's a that's such a, a good good way to. There's a couple of senior organizations also mm -hmm. in the camp. Senior yeah. Connections in Schulenburg, I speak mm -hmm. to them probably monthly. Uh, but did you talk to them about the medication? I told them we had going on. Uh, yeah. You know, and you're certainly well aware that you're not going to bring this in and present this to them. It's mm -hmm. going to be over their head. Right. So you're going to, and I hate to use the word, dumb it down. Well, you know, what I do is that's, you know, just like what Senior Connections does, is we sit down and we have a meal and say, hey, what's going on with you? What are you worried about? What's good with you? You know, and um, the uh, last time I talked to them, they were they were very, very um, uh, excited about not excited is the wrong word. They were worried uh, with the active shooter situation. So we gave them an active shooter class and kind of looked at what would you do with this? What would you do with that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Some of those cities been very into the weather. I don't know if you know or not. But no. She's, oh yeah, she's quite sick. Really? And, uh, she's she's maybe on the mend now, but she's been out for months. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. This is one of the original finders, founders of the I did not know that. Yes. I was like, yes. I was like, good group. They mm -hmm. keep they keep me fat and happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kathy was one of the, one of two original founders of the organization. Do you like the name change? Not really. <clears throat> but I understand why they did it, although when we started out doing it how many years ago? People did not want to be called anything to do with seniors. At uh -huh. that particular point in time, they said, "Please do not call it senior this or, or you know anything mm -hmm. to do with age." And they felt like they were discriminated against. So we said, "Okay, we will not say senior this or mm -hmm. or you know whatever." And so that's why we chose the name we did. So you know, X number of years later, mm -hmm. was it last year we did an assessment? No, no, I know, but I'm through with my questions. So. Okay. Um, was it last year we did the assessment? Yes. Yeah, we did an assessment of the organization. 
and then met with the board and told them what, yeah, you need to improve this and this and that's gonna. Okay, so is there anything else? No, if you have questions, we're, we're here for it. And then um, if you'd like, we have your email address. We'd like to send you and let you know when the next one's coming up. Oh, you want to Yeah, and um, that way you can go searching for it in the paper. Yeah, okay. We can maybe be bring that and maybe we could get, you know, some more people to come and try to explain to them what's going So, um, no, uh, they, if there's, if there's anything that's bugging you that I can help with, please let me know. Or if I can help, I know where to find you. If I can help formally or informally. And I know how to find me. <laughs> sure, yeah. if, you, if, you, if you need something done, you know, not publicly, I can do that now or whatever. So. Okay. I do appreciate y'all sharing that survey with each other. Like that That's is exactly what it's made for. Mm -hmm. It's how we get the input from the public that it helps us make a more robust plan. So low water crossings. Um, do you think it would be money better spent to raise those so that they're not low water crossings anymore, or to put uh, the drop down uh, guards to keep people from driving across, which is about a tenth of the price? I think it would depend on where it was, mm -hmm. how, how many people how were going to be isolated mm -hmm. and potentially for how long. Um, you know, like. I have a huge map of office. shows yeah. every little water crossing yeah. you can yeah. the will see it's really interesting. Right. <clears throat> because I mean, sunlight you will get out a different way. So you could just block that one off because they can go a different way, but if that's the only way, and then you start talking about who's living out there and how. She mentioned GIS earlier. Are you all familiar with what GIS is? Okay. I am familiar with GIS. It's Global Information System. Geographic. Geographic, yeah. So they, um, there's just a ton of data and mapping that's in all these different layers, and we can bring forward different layers looking at different things. And we've got GIS data for what would the river look like if we got a foot of rain, we got two foot, three foot, we got 79 inches, like, and, and it'll, it'll show what will be inundated, how long will be inundated, um, these inundation maps are fantastic. I've got maps that show what it would look like if we had a dam or levee failure, right. and uh, here's here's how much it would take for this to flood, this to flood, this to flood. Um, those dams are very interesting to me. Yeah, so okay. your your boards for those are called WCIDs. And, uh, Which? Yeah, the, the, big, the biggest one we have is the Lee Fay at WCID. And I actually chose not to participate in this, just kind of disappointed in it. Uh, but we'll still help them any way we can. But they, uh, they didn't want to do all the paperwork. And, uh, and WCID? WCID, it's Water Control Improvement District. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I wanted to mention something that's sort of non secular in, in a way. But um, so I'm working on five of the regional flood plans. And one of the things I was trying to locate is where we're um, what low water crossings were having the most significant amounts of deaths and injuries. It's very difficult to find because the vehicle is found downstream. Uh, yeah. So this when it comes to this reading the narrative yeah. on these things, you really can't definitively say mm -hmm. it happened at this yeah. crossing. So it is a difficult thing to mitigate when the data isn't really supporting mm -hmm. um, it, but I do know that it is something that has been on all of the region's um, minds, and it will be included in your plan for that, and that will be available next year. 
we pulled a bunch of road fatality data and it was kind of hard to, you know, all right, so road fatality data came from DPS, road fatality data yep. came from Sheriff's Office, and are they are Separate. they overlapping, are they separate, and then and all of this. And so we try to pull stuff from the JPDs, and the JPDs will have all the death certificates, but they're not all public, and you know, the cause of death, you know, if, if it was a heart attack and then they crashed, is that a heart, is that a, is that a highway death or not? You know, you gotta, Sounds like COVID. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it wants to hold the plane. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Was it a flight? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you all. Well, I appreciate you letting me ask all my questions. Yeah. We're paying them a ton of money. Well, from what I see, if they do everything they say they're going to do, it's worth the money. Yes. <laughs> I sure have.